the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant and we're glad you're here today. And if you are working with people who are in the in entrepreneur or gig space or want to be, or maybe you yourself are in that space, you are going to be glad that you joined us today because that is what we're going to be talking about with our guest, Brett Helling. And Brett, you are a specialist in the gig workforce. You've written a book and started a, a platform called gigworker.com. And this is something you've taken a lot of time learning about. So I'm excited to talk with you today and and to learn more about how the gig workforce can help people succeed in their careers. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. I mean, some people probably heard the term, but what exactly is the gig economy and how is it different from self-employment or owning your own business? Um, Yeah, so that's question I get asked a lot. So the working a gig in the gig economy is a temporary job. Uh, it usually provides short, well-defined tasks that can be completed in minutes, hours, days, sometimes even weeks. Um, at its core, it's piecemeal work. So companies provide tasks and workers can sign up to do, you know, complete those tasks. Um, the work's typically assigned by an app on a smartphone or through an online marketplace. How that differs from traditional employment is traditional employment means, you know, both companies and workers commit to each other. Companies commit to providing a salary and work for an employee to do, and workers commit to consistently showing up during those hours and doing that work. So it's kind of a new way of doing work that unlocks freedom and flexibility that traditional employment can't offer. Yeah, and so they may not necessarily um, be having to find everything on their own, right? You could have kind of a, a steady contract, but you're a gig worker because then you're going to move on to the next gig. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas full-time employment, you typically do the same thing or things in the same area. Gig work is kind of, you know, you do the same thing, but just for different people and you do it at a very micro level versus full-time employment's very macro level. Okay. All right. So how long have you been working in the gig space? Um, I've been in the gig space for about five years now. Um, I started in my career in the gig economy doing Uber. So I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. When they first came to Omaha, it was kind of this new fun Wild West type thing. And I thought it was seemed very interesting so I kind of hopped in with both feet and started driving and at the time there just wasn't a lot of information out there so um, the gig economy was very new obviously with Uber being one of the first players in the market so it's kind of evolved since then and it's great you know it's been great to see how it's gone from this cool platform to rent out your car when you weren't using it and make money on that to now people are have full-time careers in the gig economy. That's kind of a a cool evolution to watch. 
Yeah. And of course, most people associate the gig economy with like an Uber, but there's so much more to it. And in, in fact, you shared these statistics with me earlier that 79 million to 129 million want to leave their traditional jobs and become you know, part of this gig economy. What are some of the reasons that you see people wanting to do that? Um, hands down above all else is flexibility. So flexibility is the top reason people are drawn to gig work. And that is because you can take work when you want and not feel obligated when you have other commitments and you can't do that work. So me personally, I travel a lot and I might spend 12 hours a day working the week before I leave for a trip. And then on the trip, I don't really worry about work until I get back. So it's kind of, it gives you the flexibility and freedom to to stack work when you, when you can and, you know, not do it when you don't want to. Uh, many people are also attracted to gig work because gig apps don't really care about your personality or your culture fit. It, at the end of the day, it's really just, you know, how, how long can you complete the work and how long does it take to get that done? So when I hire gig workers for my websites that I run, it, I don't really care if it takes them 10 hours or one hour. We settle on a price and if they can get it done, you know, very quick, that's great. Yeah, and it, that they're like you said, it's more hiring for the skill, and you're not looking for that long-term relationship <laughs> with an employer. Um, so, how do you think that COVID nineteen affected the gig economy? So, COVID nineteen, it's been interesting to watch. COVID has made us realize that remote work is here to stay. Companies have realized that. Um, that they, you know, the remote technology, hardware, and software, they're ready for the mainstream. There were a lot of managers that would push back, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't admit that they could do that. Company workforces could be remote, but COVID has kind of demonstrated that yes, it is possible, and they're very much ready for the mainstream. So the majority of companies were first forced to go to remote, and it's been a baptism by fire ever since. Um, and in that shift, remote work will enable companies to hire people anywhere in the world. So it opens up the talent pool quite substantially, and this will suppress wages and encourage gig-style tasking. So in the future, I, I, I really see a future where wages are lower, but productivity is higher, but people are more fulfilled because they have the time and freedom to go do what they want to do, kind of as gig as the gig lifestyle becomes the norm. Yeah, interesting. And I saw a lot of pushback to gig work right before the pandemic. So people were saying, oh, you know, this gig thing is going to go away now. People want full-time jobs. People need full-time jobs. And then it was like, bam, never mind. <laughs> we take it back. Um, gig thing, gig's probably here to stay. So I kind of see that they, there may be that ebb and flow where when the economy is in recession or building back from a recession, gig economy is 
strong. And then when the economy gets stronger, less people are in the gig economy, because I do think there are a lot of practical perks to having a full-time job, benefits, etc. And that may become less and less necessary as policies and generations shift. I mean, you know, younger generations having fewer kids, etc. may not be as tied to the health insurance here in the U.S. And and it'll be interesting to see how it shifts other places. But I I saw that push back away from it just because people do want full-time work. They do want those benefits. And then, you know, as soon as COVID hit, it was like, oh, never mind. It's back in full swing. I don't know if you saw that too. Yeah. So one of the biggest takeaways from COVID that it was a, I think a lot of people learned it, but I especially did was that humans are made for community. So I experienced this personally when I went out on my own and started doing gig work full time. I, when I first started, I was just driving for Uber on the side. I eventually started making websites, and it was a whole progression from there. But it was a slow and steady one, so I just took on more and more gig work until I figured it out. Then I quit my full-time job. In COVID, what that's kind of taught us is that people that just jump into gig work and they don't have that sense of community at the office and you know that sense of belonging, that that's a very isolating place to be. And even I tapered off my full-time job and slowly transitioned into gig work. But even then, when I was fully working on my own and didn't have an office to go to every day, it's just a very isolating place to be. And you have to be disciplined about, you know, making time for business lunches and catching up with friends. And because if you go and work a 12-hour day and you're just by yourself in your basement, that it it gets kind of depressing, to be honest. Um, And I've noticed a bunch, you know, a lot of my friends, people I I network with, they've kind of said the same thing. So they have to be very intentional about community. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And for your sanity, as well as for your business, because you don't just get business, especially website design work. And, you know, Uber, yeah, you might just get business because you're on the app. But there's a lot of types of gig work that you're going to get more of and and better gigs if you are networked, right? If you're getting those through some kind of community. Right, absolutely. And in the gig economy, one of the biggest drivers of success is your past success. So it obviously makes sense, but if you have a portfolio, when somebody hires you, they'll look to that. And so if you have a good track record of, you know, past work, you'll not only retain the clients you have when they need work in, in the in the future and they'll hire you again, but they'll also tell their friends. And it, it's the majority of my business is referral based. And I've landed contracts just based on past work I've done with somebody and they were happy and they told their friend and they hired me. And it's, yeah, so that, that's a very good point that you bring up there. So when we're thinking about this um, gig work, what do you see as some of the the main benefits? Um, Definitely the flexibility and just that time you can spend doing the things you want. So with gig work, one of the big things is 
Um, obviously the freedom and flexibility, but it's also not having to do monotonous things you don't want to do. So if you're a web designer and you really like designing a certain part of a website, you could go on a platform like Upwork and just become an expert in that. And you just do that all day. So you do what you enjoy doing, what you love doing, what you're good at doing. And not only do you become an expert in something you enjoy, but you also, as a result, the people that hire you are very pleased and you just become very efficient in in the areas you choose to. So Mm, whereas full-time work, I remember being at jobs and just having to do something and I wasn't wasn't really invested. I wasn't happy, wasn't fulfilled. Then when I went out on my own and started doing the things that interested me that I could learn more about, that's when it really just became just truly fulfilled. Yeah, that's good. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking with Brett about the gig economy and get a little bit into how you might get into the gig economy or help your clients do the same. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Brett Helling, who has written a book called Gig Worker. And Brett, we've been talking a little bit about some of the pros and cons and why people do it. So let's talk about the money. Can people earn a decent income doing gig work? 
I think they absolutely, it's absolutely doable to earn a very good income doing gig work. Uh, one caveat to that, though, is, you know, being willing to work is the biggest driver of success in the gig economy. So you can't just sign up and expect to get rich. If that was the case, you know, I would have done it long ago. <laughs> um, but in simple terms, like I kind of alluded to earlier, you get paid for what you produce. If you're willing to work nights, weekends, whenever the demand is high, you'll make more money. And another great way to make money is to work multiple jobs. So kind of pick a portfolio of jobs you can do at different times of the day. So, for example, you could code websites in the morning and do grocery deliveries at night when demand is high for those. So at its core, the key is to work as much as you can and be flexible with when and what work you do. So it's putting together a few gigs that might go in a good combination. And then you also talked about a few different things people are doing. So what other, I mean, talk about coding websites, graphic design, um, what other things are you seeing people do in the gig economy? Um, it just kind of depends what you're good at. So I hire voiceover artists, designers, programmers, even audio engineers. And as a business owner, the gig economy allows me to connect with creators. But there's pretty much, if you're good at something, the uh, the gig economy has done what it's done above all else is just make it easy to find somebody willing to pay for a skill that you enjoy. So I have a friend and she does Rover and she does pet care because she doesn't want to go and, and purchase a dog because she, she travels a lot and isn't there enough to care for it, but she can watch other people's dogs get paid to do it and then kind of get her dog fix in. So I've seen that. I've seen you can go and cook in people's homes. It kind of, if you're good at something, you can probably monetize it. Yeah, I've seen like home organization and all of these, as you said, you got to find that skill, um, figure out what timing works and how can you do it around your schedule and some things can be done from home. Some things you got to go out and do. Um, and I, I, this obviously may not be relevant to you, but was some huge hundreds of thousands of women left the workforce last September because their kids aren't in school anymore and they couldn't didn't know what to do. And so I've seen a lot of creativity in that group of individuals figuring out how to make things work while their kids are at home. Um, and I think it does cre- create a lot of opportunity and it requires a lot of creativity. Right. And I think kind of circling back to the question you asked earlier about COVID is I think it's become a lot more mainstream for people to hire those people offering those services. So whereas you know, boredom was a big thing in COVID. So people found interests and, in, you know, things they could buy that they didn't even know they wanted or needed. Um, so that's anything from, yeah, home organization to, I, I had somebody, I redid my closet during COVID and had somebody come in 
color code my shirts because they were all, you know, pulled out to redesign my closet. And now I'm sitting there thinking I should have done that sooner. And so it's things you don't even know you need out of boredom. You found somebody that can do it. Right, and people figured out the things that other people needed done. And and as you have kind of talked about, that there are so many different things that people can do. Um, You don't have to be a tech guru (laughs) or or a driver. I think those are the two things we think about the most often is, you know, I'm going to drive and deliver things, which is definitely a huge market right now, um, or tech. But we've just brainstormed a whole bunch of other things, which is kind of fun. Right. And for the people kind of, you know, that think that the gig economy isn't for them because they're not in the tech field, that's not true at all. Um, that might have been true early on, back when the gig economy was first kind of coming around, but now the, the apps have largely figured those out. The gig marketplaces have become almost frictionless. So they've ironed out the kinks, and you know the people nervous about being tech savvy, not tech savvy enough, they shouldn't really worry about it too much. Yeah, there's lots of opportunities and it's finding that gap, finding that space where somebody needs something done and there aren't very many people that are doing it or you have a special skill or or ability to do it. And then you talked a little bit about communities and, um, finding that community to be able to engage with, but also maybe find work through. How did you find a community to hire and promote your work? Um, So the work I do is largely referral based. And so this website I started, the people I hire to work on that, I use Facebook groups, there's all sorts of community groups, Facebook groups, um, platforms like Upwork. So if I'm looking for a specific skill, I go on a platform and I filter out exactly what I'm looking for and sort those candidates by, you know, profile, past work, ratings, all sorts of things like that. But I've, I've hired all sorts of people just from social groups, referrals from friends. It, Kind of once you get your name out there, it it spreads pretty quick if you're specialized enough. Yeah, and the Facebook groups are also a great way to see what people are looking for in addition to seeing if there's an opportunity to market yourself there. And you've got local business groups, moms groups, as I was saying. There's probably, you know, dads groups or tech groups that are local as well as not local. I those marketplaces, if you will, create a great opportunity. So what other ideas, advice do you have for people who are trying to decide if gig work is the right thing for them? Um, So two things there. The best advice I have is to think through your goals. So if you want flexibility, gig work is probably for you. But if your goal is to maximize your earning potential, you might want to trade some of that flexibility for independence. Um, You you might want to trade that flexibility and independence for a full-time job. So if you just want to 
have a consistent paycheck, again, full-time jobs for you, if volatility doesn't really scare you, like the volatility you can manage, like cyclical income and things like that, the gig economy is, you know, a great place to be. But just remember that you're running a business. So both in the sense of the IRS, you know, they'll, they'll come for taxes and you have expenses, but also how you manage yourself. So you want to set the goals for yourself to figure out, is gig work right for you? But you also have to be self-disciplined when you do it. So like I had mentioned with the IRS, nobody's withholding your taxes from your paycheck. Nobody's going to motivate you or hold you accountable if you decide to slack off and not actually work. So I recommend intentionally setting goals and then setting a schedule on how to fulfill those goals. So I do it personally and it helps me stay motivated and disciplined. And once you kind of get into a routine of doing gig work consistently and performing at your highest level, it that's just your lifestyle from there. But there's a lot of people that find that very hard to manage when they first get into it and they end up failing and having to return to full-time work. Yeah, that business piece that you're running a business and even if you're driving for Uber on the weekends, there's a strategy to it. It's fascinating, you know, talking to Uber drivers and one gentleman was sharing with me kind of his strategy that it's not just about going, you know, helter skelter, but how he had optimized it. So no matter what you're doing, there's an opportunity to optimize it and really run it as a business. So in that vein, you created a site called Gig Workers. So tell us a little bit about that site and how our listeners can find you and, and connect to you and what the work that you're doing. Yeah, so I started Gig Worker just as out of a uh, just seeing that the gig economy was kind of a scary place. There's a lot to navigate. There's once you find a gig, how do you do that and be successful at it? So the goal behind Gig Worker was to provide a platform and resource to sort gigs, kind of find out what you're good at. And then from there, we provide you all the information uh, to succeed in that role. So we've got jobs that you can go and and look and see what gigs are available. And then there's lots of information about, you know, everything from what type of LLC should you set up as a sole proprietor to how do you do taxes at the end of the year? So we try to really be an all encompassing resource and it, it, it's still very much in its infancy, but we've got a good foundation that we're building on. Excellent. So how pe- how can people find the book and find you to connect on uh, social media, et cetera? Um, so the uh, best thing would best be thing to just go to our go website, website gigworker.com. Gig we'll, be, we'll, be, um, we'll, we'll be releasing we'll be that releasing book here in April. April. We'll be uh, releasing that book here in April. And then on the website, we'll have all the information um, and social channels and, and things like that. Excellent. So there's an opportunity to connect with you to read the book, which sounds very exciting. Uh, the gig worker, independent work in the state of the gig economy. And um, I know that people are going to benefit from that. So thank you for sharing with, with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. 
Yeah, so we're going to say goodbye to Brett. And again, that's Brett Helling, H-E-L-L-I-N-G. And the book is Gig Worker. And um, we're going to say goodbye to Brett, but we'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Brett Helling about how you can become a gig worker. And I'm guessing that many of you are doing this. You know someone who's doing it. And maybe some of the challenges that you're really facing with putting together this type of work. And we used to call it a portfolio career in back in the day, <laughs> like 10 years ago, so long ago. Um and really thinking about how you can do that. And Brett touched on this a little bit, but one of the ways that you're going to succeed in this type of work is to find a community. And that can go from other Uber drivers to web design community that can help you find more projects and everything in between. There are professional communities for almost everything. I haven't looked, but I would almost bet that there's some kind of professional uh, group of drivers, maybe not just Uber drivers, but delivery drivers. Maybe not, but there might be. There's meetup groups for everything. We were talking about Facebook groups, which if that's somewhere you are, there's probably a Facebook group that would help you. This is not about being a lone wolf. Being a lone wolf in any world, as Brett was talking about, is lonely. It's also not very good business choice because most business comes from referral. 
in any kind of business that you're in. Most business comes from referral. So you want to think about who could I connect with that would know people who need my service. Maybe complementary people. It may be people that you might think are competitors, but that oftentimes looks different than we assume it will, especially if we go into it with an abundance mentality that there's plenty of work for everyone and I can share, other people will share. Finding that community right now is harder in some ways because there's not a lot of groups meeting in person. It's also easier in other ways because you've got global access to communities that may not be local, but have some other kind of affinity to what you're trying to do. This connection, this community, you can build from scratch on your own if you feel like you need to, but that's going to be beneficial throughout your your gig throughout your your gig process if you will to have that community this is what creates consistency because you can get referrals in addition to doing whatever you need to do to get new gigs and it's going to keep you on top of your game realizing what you might need to learn to make sure you're in business tomorrow, in addition to today, and figuring out how you're going to see this as a business. So I was just talking to a family member who's big on YouTube, and they do a lot of things on on YouTube in terms of watching. And they're putting together some ideas of how they might help another family member launch a YouTube channel. Now, there are not very many people that make a lot of money on YouTube. However, there are people that make money on YouTube. And I think that this family member has figured out a niche that just could have some legs, if you will. Why? Looking at what's going on, what is already popular, and then what's the gap there? So you could look at this for delivery driving. It's really popular. People are doing it. What's the gap? What's missing? What do people want in that space that's not being offered right now? And how could you fill that gap? You could start small, offering it through a, a you know Facebook group, Facebook Marketplace. They're about to launch LinkedIn Marketplace, <laughs> like not even realizing maybe that their copying is taken to a whole new level here, but they're about to launch LinkedIn Marketplace. There's opportunities to test the waters pretty cheaply and see if this is something that people will, in fact, need, gravitate towards. Does it fill that gap? But you can look at things that are already successful and then think of what might that gap be and how could I fill it? Then there are spaces where there's just kind of a built-in community, built-in need, like web design, graphic design, and house cleaning. There's a group of people that do that. There's a group of people that want it. There's a space where people are, are promoting and or looking for those services, and you can tap right in there. I would say virtual assistant work is another place where there's definitely space in the market for more people, figuring out what are people looking for, what's the gap, talk to some people that use or want to use that type of service, do some exploratory conversations, and 
find a find a way to fill the gap. <laughs> Brett was talking about someone coming to help him with his closet, right? There there are lots of opportunities that may not be full time, but if you can find a few places where you can fill the gap and string them together, not only do you have some income coming in, building something that that's your own, but you can also fill that gap on your resume. If we use the skills that we've already been using, it's going to be an easier sell to our customers and it's going to be a better fill of our resume gap. What did you do for work before you got laid off or had to leave the workforce for whatever reasons in the last few years? And how could you leverage that skill as a contractor? Because there are likely organizations and or individuals looking for those things because they can't afford to hire full-time staff right now. But that doesn't mean the need is necessarily gone. In fact, some places that need has grown even more. And yet the the people able to fill it have, have shrunk considerably. If I could figure out how to staff the frontline work in my area, I'd think there's a gap there to fill it's not for me to fill but there's a gap there to fill because every single frontline organization has a help wanted sign the hardware store to the fast food places to the grocery stores they're all looking for work and are looking for someone to work there is that something that that you could do you could fill um, maybe without even necessarily doing that work what's really the need that they What do do they need and and how could you help fill that? For some of them, it might be actually they need someone to stand there and work. For others, there might be an opportunity to fill it in some other way and you could come up with that solution. Now, the challenge here is that this sounds like a lot of work, right? Rather just go get a job, (laughs) have someone else do the thinking for me, have someone else, you know, create the structure for me. It might be harder to make that happen. And this is one of the other myths of gig work is that people think it's forever and it means I'm starting my own business. Although you want to treat it like a business when you're doing it, it doesn't mean that you have to become an entrepreneur. In fact, a lot of people use gig or contract work to leapfrog into full-time work. If you're consulting with people on finance, if that's your skill, if you're consulting with people on design or website, it is going to have the opportunity to launch into something full-time. It doesn't have to feel like a death sentence. (laughs) If you're really not wanting to do independent work, um, just think about it as an experiment, a way to test the waters, a way to see what kind of gaps there might be that you might fill. But it doesn't have to mean that that's your path moving forward. It's the path for right now. And it may launch you into full-time work faster than traditional job search methods will. It could be a means to an end versus something that you're working on building on your own. And that mindset can help if it feels a little intimidating or you you just don't think about yourself as a business owner. So what are some of the ways that you can market yourself? Well, there's lots of websites out there. You know, he's talking about launching this gigworker.com. You've got 
marketplaces everywhere, depending on what type of service you want to offer from Facebook marketplace to the upcoming LinkedIn marketplace to Fiverr and everything in between, there's likely something already set up, some kind of structure already set up that could help you find the people that are looking for someone like you. Uber, Lyft, all of those services are really marketplaces where you can go and and offer your market. I know I've got colleagues, friends, family, uh, fellow moms selling clothes on things like Poshmark. There's eBay. I think sometimes we've forgotten about eBay, Um, but lots of opportunities to connect with not just if you like want to sell something on on eBay, but to see what other struggles people who are selling there are having and is there a way that you could fill that gap. Posting pictures, being social media market manager, being a virtual assistant for someone like that. All these kinds of opportunities depending on the skill set, interest, and time that you have. And as Brett said, that's really where we want to start. What skills do you want to use? What time do you have to work? And then what does that mean in terms of what types of problems you might want to solve? What type of work you might want to partner with people to do? And then looking around for the communities of people already offering that type of work and doing research to connect with the customers who might be looking for someone to do that type of work. There's so many opportunities that, in in fact, that could probably be the main challenge. Getting ourselves to be creative and then not being overwhelmed by all of the opportunities and options that are out there. Connecting those dots to what matters for us and right-sizing it, and realizing that it's going to be some kind of a mix, especially if you're trying to fill a full-time gap. If it's not just some money on the side, it will probably take a mix of options, opportunities to create that full-time equivalent that you might be looking for or, or needing in your work. And if you don't like to do something, write it down and move on. The brainstorm, right? You're brainstorming different things you could do. Write down Uber driver, even though you don't want to do it, so that you can get it out of your head and and move on to the next option, next opportunity. Talk to your friends and family. What type of services are they engaging? To Brett's point, right? Someone to come organize your closet may not be a thing you've been thinking about, but maybe your friends and family are, and they can help you brainstorm some other options, other opportunities to jump into this gig workforce. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about maximizing your social media to connect to these gig opportunities. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. 
Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and we've been talking about how to get into the gig workforce and how to expand your thinking about what this gig workforce might entail. We've talked a lot about community and finding opportunities through community, both your existing community, your friends, your family. How do they see and hire and look for services that you might be able to plug into, as well as finding communities of people that might already be doing what you want to do. This can give you an opportunity to connect, maybe shadow someone, uh, work you know, as a contractor for someone that's doing that type of work first, and or to market what you want to do inside that community, learn from them in so many other ways. So when we're thinking about finding these communities, um, social media often comes to mind. And Facebook can be a great place because Facebook's community side is thriving. Their groups feature is really thriving more than most others. Uh, LinkedIn groups is kind of a ghost town right now. So that's a place where you could go and do your research. Join Facebook groups where you can do some research, see other people that might be doing things like you want to do. If you search keywords, there are there's just so many options that that you can connect with for every type of profession and especially the gig related types of professions or where there's a lot of small businesses in that type of work because those people need community. When you do that, you want to join and you want to start listening and asking questions and connecting with people individually to ask your questions as well. How did they get into this line of work? 
you know, what did they do when they got started? Are they looking to, do they hire staff? Not necessarily, you know, that you want to do that, but do they hire staff? Do they contract their work out? How do they find contractors? How do they find, um, you know, how do they connect? What other communities are there they are in? There are a lot of ways that you could ask questions without expecting people to hand you business on a silver platter, but to give you some ideas. Then you start to join groups of people that would use your types of services and do the market research there. What are they looking for? Have they hired those types of services in the past? If not, why not? But what did they need help with? If they have hired, what were the good and the bad, you know, good and the bad and the ugly? And how can you plug into that? Those professional groups for some types of of services are going to be amazing. And then the community groups for other types of services are going to be amazing. You can also, of course, find opportunities to connect with people on LinkedIn who might be doing something similar to what you're looking to do or who might hire people that are looking to what you want to do. And if depending on the industry, maybe finding things on LinkedIn or Clubhouse where you can connect and listen in to what's going on in your space or in just in the business development space. There's a lot of really hot conversations going on right now in Clubhouse around business development. Now, we don't want to be everywhere. We can't do everything. So you're really focusing in on what what skills, what types of services might you want to get into, and then how do you connect with those? This is going to be a business. You want to think about it as a business. Even if you aren't in it long term, if it's just a stopgap, think about it like a business. Keep track of your receipts. Open a separate bank account. Get someone who can help you with your books at the beginning doesn't have to be, you know, a huge expensive thing, just finding someone that can help you get things set up correctly and manage it correctly so that you don't find yourself in trouble or owing a bunch of taxes next year that you're not ready to pay. Find a business banker and or a, a lawyer who can help you set up your business get legally on the right foot. Even if you are a contractor, 1099, You want to be able to have it managed correctly so that you don't end up owing a bunch of money or getting in trouble. And this this is it happens to everyone if they aren't thinking about it. No matter how small you think you are, you want to be cognizant of those issues. Then you're thinking strategy. And like I said, there's a strategy to everything. So talking to this Uber driver in San Diego, California, who's driving me around to pick up things for a conference that I was hosting there. And I didn't want to rent a car. So I was just taking Ubers here or there and, or maybe Lyft. I don't remember which one. And he said, you know, a bunch of young kids, he was an older guy. So a bunch of young kids get into this and they just go helter skelter. They, you know, take whatever they can get and they don't think about it. And they end up wasting a lot of gas and a lot of time. And at the end of the day, they don't have very much profit. Because you can see that, right? If you're driving around on the Uber, you're driving around, driving for Lyft, and 
you have to drive a long ways to pick up each customer, you're going to be in trouble. So he said, this is what I do. I go from this area of town that's really busy to that area of town that's really busy, and I'll only go back and forth. That way, I don't waste any time, and I don't waste any gas driving around to pick up my next fare. Strategy. No matter what type of business or service you want to offer, there will be some kind of strategy that you want to learn. This is why working as a contractor for someone else that's doing that similar type of business first can be an amazing thing to do. It's also a reason to network with other people that do the types of gigs you want to do. So you don't have to learn these strategies for yourself the hard way. You can learn from other people in what they're doing. Attend events talking about what you want to do. And there are events for almost everything. I haven't seen an event for Uber drivers yet, but I'm guessing there's one out there. I'm just not paying attention. There's events for virtual assistants. There's events for professional organizers. There's events for every single thing. Find it. Now they're all virtual so you can attend quite easily and start to figure out the best strategy for the gigs you want to do. Because if you're going to do it, you might as well make it worth your time and effort and dollars so that at the end of the day, you're profitable in addition to learning those new skills, making that extra outcome income on the side, or filling that gap on your resume, whatever the goal might be for you in finding that gig work. Recommend that you check out Brett's book, Gig Worker, and it sounds like his site's still in development, but he's got gigworker.com coming online. If this is something that you've been thinking about doing as a side hustle, adding on, you're trying to fill a, a gap right now in your work history, or want to learn a new skill, take on some leadership, whatever it might be, there are gig opportunities that you could use to do that. While you don't have to do it for free, you can make a little bit of money and achieve those goals that you want to achieve through a gig work. I'm always loving your ideas and your questions, so please continue to send them to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. We love your ideas for the show and your questions, and uh, we'll be right back here again next week with another great topic on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.